You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Tresini, we would like to welcome you to the show this morning. Good morning, men. How are you? Good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, we're fine, I think. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Happy to be into April? Very much so. I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I actually experienced snow this past weekend in Yes, Oakville, I did. So... Same in Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah, it w- I'm ready. Like yeah. you said last week. Exactly. I- I'm, I'm done. Uh, the snow came, and if you remember, my jacket was put away, so I had to kind of layer up because my winter jacket was put away. But that's okay. It's going to melt. But if you're a sports fan, it's the best time of year. Oh, yes. It's so nice to have our three teams playing. It's just, and the TFC. I don't watch TFC as much as the other two, but the other three. But our Leafs are in the playoffs, our Raptors are in the playoffs, and our Jays are starting off not too bad. <laughs> not too bad at all. So That's true. Very happy to be into April. We have a great lineup of shows um, in April. We have five shows in April. It's a long month this month. Uh, starting with today's show, it is the purpose... Purpose is key to better health with Jaya Jaya Myra. And I wanted to give you... Um, an overview of our scheduled guests. So next week we will be building healthy relationships with Jonathan Thomas. The following week on the 16th is demystifying fascia with Dr. Antonio Stecco. Tuesday, April the 23rd is defeating the odds with Sean Swarner. And Tuesday, April 30th is natural dental care with Nadine Artemis. And she is from Living Libations. So um, a good lineup this month of shows. So looking forward to that. Yes, it's, it's going to be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah, a lot of variety. It's going to be fun, and Jonathan is uh, coming into the studio next week. We don't often get uh, in-guest studio, so that's I'm looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to that. Um, our show today is live, so you can call in. Our number is 416-245-1534. Please follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC. Lots of fun things on our sites other than just a show update, so please do follow us. We appreciate it. And you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any questions, comments, if you'd like us to look into guests for a particular show. We'd love to hear from you all the time. And please subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub, and we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, all your favorite podcast platforms, and you can find us on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, so www.radiomaria.ca. And on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. And our show last week with Dr. Carrie Jones, Estrogen Dominance, is up and ready for you to listen to. So please take a listen. That was chock full of a lot of great information for you. Um, April has, uh, has us coming into Holy Week as well. So we celebrate Easter this month and Earth Day. And April is also Head and Neck Cancer Awareness Month, and I want to talk to you a bit about oral cancer. So this is uh, cancer that develops in the tissue of the mouth or throat, and it can develop in the lining of the lips, mouth, or upper throat. And oral cancer does belong to um, the group of cancers that's called Head and Neck Cancer, so um each month, there's a, a specific cancer that is focused on, but um, we've talked about the oral biome, we've talked about mouth cancers, and they are becoming more prevalent as uh, as time goes on. So I wanted to give you just a little bit of information on, on oral cancer. Symptoms of oral cancer include mouth sores, thickening or crusty tissue within the mouth, any lumps in the mouth, 
difficulty chewing or swallowing, and trouble moving your tongue or jaw. So any of these symptoms, of course, you're not going to jump to the worst conclusion, but do take note of these. These are some symptoms of, um, of mouth oral cancer. Uh, you can lessen your chance of oral cancer by not smoking or chewing tobacco. I don't know, Alex, if you remember, um, and I, I, off the top of my head, I probably should have researched at the top of the show, one of the managers um, developed oral cancer from chewing tobacco was what they assumed it was from. So I don't see that too much more going on in baseball. Mostly they have the, the hubba bubba bubble gum containers in their dugouts, but uh, definitely smoking or chewing tobacco can be um, something that would lean you towards oral cancer, avoid excess drinking, and, of course, proper nutrition. All very important for avoiding oral cancers. And oral cancers aren't really specific to a particular age group. It, it, um, it can cross all age groups. A good way to avoid, again, oral cancers is by taking care of the microbiome in your mouth, by taking care of your teeth, your dental area, your throat, so eating, a, again, a diet that's healthy in antioxidants really does, as it does with, with all cancers, it's a v- very big piece of prevention that you want to incorporate is a very healthy, healthy diet. Try to avoid the mouthwashes that are antiseptic. We've talked about antiseptic hand washes. Antiseptic mouthwashes are something that a lot of people still use. And what that does is it wipes out the microbiome or mm. at least disrupts it. A lot of people don't understand that. I know the fresh breath is great, but you know, to that end as well, if you are experiencing continually bad breath, there's something going on that needs to be addressed. As with everything that goes on in the body, the symptoms are a part of something that's underlying. So these antiseptic mouthwashes can really upset the microbiome. Another thing, and I just had this done not too long ago, was uh, removing your mercury fillings, um, brushing and flossing regularly. Very important, you know, to get the bacteria out of your mouth, the unwanted bacteria out of your mouth. Uh, Good dental hygiene is important. Seeing your dentist. Oil pulling. So oil pulling may be new to some people. That's when you put... um, Traditionally, it's uh, sesame seed oil, but uh, I'll use um, coconut oil. And you put it in your mouth, and you swish it um, in your mouth for about five minutes, and then you spit it uh, into the garbage, especially if you're having coconut oil, because it can, you know, if you do this on a regular basis, it can block your uh, your piping. But uh, this helps, to, again, to balance the microbiome. It helps to dislodge things between your teeth. So it's really, um, it's an ancient technique that many people use. Also good for whitening your teeth. And the last piece is um, oral probiotics. These are becoming more popular, um, more recommended, and they do help to balance the microbiome. And again, key to your, your nasal area, key to your mouth and your throat. These are the, the front liners of stopping toxins from coming into your body. So you want the bacteria in your mouth to be balanced, to be on point. You want it to be in good shape to stop toxins from coming into your body. So just a few things to to help you out in that area as we are, as I said, into the head and neck cancer month, which is April. So, you know, incorporate some of these into your into your daily living. And on to our show today. Our guest today is Jaya Jaya Mara. She is an internationally acclaimed author, TEDx and motivational speaker, TV personality, and creator of The Well Method. After healing herself naturally from debilitating fibromyalgia, Myra developed The Well Method to teach others how to live a healthy, fulfilled, and successful life based on each person's unique elemental composition. Her approach to wellness and purpose shows why one size fits all is not a solution and it does not work for everybody and how to find what will work for you is very important. And this is what Myra teaches. Myra's debut book, Vibrational Healing, Attain Balance and Wholeness, Understand Your Energetic Type is published in 10 language and is available worldwide. And we will be back to speak with Jaya Jaya Myra after our break. Oh, oh, oh. 
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our show is live today. You can call in at 416-245-1534. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're at the Health Hub RMC. And welcome to the show, Myra. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me here today. I really appreciate it. It's, I think it's going to be a very interesting show. And before we get into it, you go by Jaya, is it Jaya, Jaya, or Jaya, Jaya? Uh, either is technically correct. Okay, and what can you tell us what that means? It's very interesting. Yeah, so the Jaya Jaya Myra was part of a spiritual name that I was given, and I've chosen to use that as my pen name for the books that I write. Jaya is actually a Sanskrit word that means victory. So I find that particularly appropriate since I help people to overcome obstacles in their life and how to get rid of diseases and get to a place of better mental, emotional, and physical health. Wonderful. It's very. It's a very beautiful uh, name. Very beautiful. Thank you. But now before we get into what you're doing and the, the wonderful things that you're doing for people, I think it's really great that people understand your history because it's a very interesting history and you came from the medical side of things. So maybe you can give us, um, you know, a framework from where you're coming from. Uh, absolutely. I started my career as a research scientist working in molecular biology and immunology research. And I always found that very fascinating, like the idea that people could potentially find cures for horrible diseases is something that has fascinated me since I was a child. So at a certain point in my career, I became pretty sick myself. I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And for me, that disease was really debilitating. I like lost everything in my life. I ended up being divorced. Uh, declaring bankruptcy, losing my job, my home was foreclosed on, I didn't have a penny left to my name. So it really devastated my entire life. And to make matters worse, no conventional medical treatment or scientific advance helped me at all. In fact, everything that my doctor had tried literally made me worse. So I've also always been a very powerful advocate of natural health and wellness. I grew up with a mom who was very into alternative stuff, and I've always believed in its efficacy. So I decided to try more natural approaches to getting healthy, and I found something that worked for me to heal myself completely naturally so I don't have any trace of fibromyalgia anymore. I rarely, if ever, get sick anymore, and I'm able to just be really happy with my life and pursue a lifestyle that I enjoy much more than the lifestyle that I had when I was working as a scientist. Now, have you forsaken the medical aspect of your training in favor of 100% going this the alternative route? What I am doing with my lifestyle now and my work, yes, I don't uh, practice anything in the sciences anymore, but I have not forsaken the Western or medical approach. I think that they're very good for specific things, especially if you're dealing with acute illnesses or traumatic injuries or something that you need surgery for. I don't think that there's anything that can compare. But when you're dealing with preventative or chronic diseases, Western medicine still has a really long way to go, and I think that natural remedies, be it mindfulness or meditation or what you're doing with your diet, or even, I love the fact that you mentioned oil pulling earlier, that that is such an amazing practice for a variety of reasons. Different things like that can really help you to maintain your overall well-being and just to to live the life that you want to live. I, I agree, and uh, that's, that's a big thrust of our show. And we have scientists on here, we have medical doctors, and we always try and pull out, you know, prevention is, is key to good health. And I totally agree with you for acute illnesses and things like that. We do need the medical sphere 100%, but there's so much more that we can do to uh, bring our health to the optimal level. And one of the things or the mainstay of your belief system and the way you practice is that purpose is key to better health. And that's that can be a tough one for many people. Uh, reason being is that 
maybe maybe our mindset is not acute to what you're talking about purpose, but a lot of people don't know what their purpose is. So I think maybe uh, something that you could talk to us about is how you define purpose. Uh, absolutely. So I am so excited that we now have actual concrete scientific evidence that supports that purpose and happiness actually do facilitate better health outcomes in people. So this is no longer a spiritual belief or something that, say, a yoga practitioner or a healer would tell you. We actually have hardcore science to prove this now, which is pretty amazing. Uh, And when it comes to purpose, I think that that can be difficult for people to figure out what it is. Because when we grow up, like, we're taught things that we should be or things that we like. You know, we're really indoctrinated into these societal norms. And it becomes very difficult to sometimes know what it is that really sets you apart and what makes you unique and to figure out what you want to do, particularly for people that come from a controlling family environment. I've found that people in those situations have a very difficult time figuring out what their life purpose is and what truly makes them happy. Uh, And that's completely normal. And even if you do have an idea, I think it's also a matter of understanding the experiences that have happened to you in life. Because oftentimes our purpose is directly correlated with the negative experiences that we've had and trying to overcome it or make life better for other people that are dealing with those particular experiences. When you talk about purpose, we're not talking career-wise, correct? I mean, I think a lot of people are associating purpose with what they're meant to do after school. That's, again, this, I guess, goes back to your societal norms. Um, But that's really not your focus, correct? I think it can be both. I mean, ultimately, I would love to get to a place where people are able to fulfill their sense of purpose through what they do in a career. That That's definitely going to leave you the most fulfilled. But even if you have a job where you don't really feel that you're able to fulfill your purpose, then you do need to do it in some other capacity in your life, be that through, say, volunteering for an organization or mentoring people on your own or whatever that is for you. Um, I think it's really dependent on the individual and their particular situation and circumstances, how far they choose to take living their purpose. When you're working with people, are you drilling down to help them find their purpose? Yes. Part of the work I do does help people figure out what their purpose is because I have found that your purpose can actually be encoded in your physical body, size, shape, and structure. So everything that makes you unique as an individual, uh, you, you can see it actually in your physical body type. You can see it in your personality type. So I'll hone in on these things with people and help them to understand what their type, their elemental composition is, and to find out the talents and strengths and gifts and weaknesses that are associated with each person's unique type. Because you can use those gifts and weaknesses to really hone in on the sorts of things that you're good at. And from there, further figure out what your purpose may be. Well, you've got a huge following. So obviously, what you are teaching and how you work with people is is resonating. And do you think that that this is because of a particular time in in our history? Uh, Are we are we lost? I think that people are waking up more now than ever before, honestly. I think 10 years ago, this message would not have resonated so strongly. But now, thanks to the younger generations like the millennials, uh, the, the Gen Z, and even the generation that's coming in after that, everyone is already so consciously awake that they want and expect to be able to be healthy. To where a, a Gen Xer like myself, it would be considered that luxury items would, say, be our status symbol of choice. When you look at the marketing and the analytics behind the younger generation's thought processes, their status symbol of choice is wellness and well-being. I mean, really think about that for a minute. So we go from wanting things that equate to money and luxury to an entire two generations that are driven by the concepts of being well. These younger generations are really driving this change and this desire to live a better life. Yeah, I think we're so inundated with chronic illness now that there has to be a change. 
Um, we see it in the grocery yeah, stores. We see it in in the way science is bringing these what we used to call alternative methods into health. They are now received. I mean, I'm, you with the science background, I'm sure you like to know the science that goes into some of these methods, but they are being received in some spheres. Acupuncture in uh, pain management is now well recognized mm-hmm. in cancer care. So maybe we've reached, you know, the end of our ropes with all this stuff. And maybe that's why someone who has the outlook like you do can come in and really teach us that there's so much more than just symptom management. And you've developed a method. It's called the well method. And I would really like for you to um, take your time and explain this to us. It's fascinating. Definitely. I I do think we've come to a place now where Western medicine has tapped out what it's able to do in terms of dealing with chronic diseases. Close to 90% of deaths every year in first world countries like the United States, Canada, many places in Europe, deaths are attributed to these chronic diseases that are because of lifestyle choices. And when we really get down to it, a doctor can tell you to lose weight or to stop smoking or to not eat so much sugar, but they don't have the ability to actually change people's lifestyle, which means they literally have zero control over patient outcomes. I mean, how many people do you know that does every single thing a a doctor tells them to do, right? Mm -hmm. So it comes down to our own uh, motivation and our own willingness to play a role in our health and well-being. So when I was developing the well method, I was really looking at these four cornerstones of what people need to focus on if they want to create a life that is purposeful, healthy, happy, and successful. And so I did that by making an acronym using the word well. So the W starts out with work-life balance. And I think it's important to acknowledge that this means something different for just about everyone. For some people, maybe this means being able to have adequate time off to be with your family, to go to uh, children's events, uh, to be able to be there for your spouse when needed. Uh, Other people, maybe it means total flexibility in their career, like to be able to live and work from wherever they want at any given time. And it's important, I think, that an individual is able to really hone in on what balance with their career and their personal life means for them. Uh, After that, we move on to the E in well, which is to expect excellence of yourself. Uh, Oftentimes, people are their own worst critics, and I think that people in general don't understand what they're truly capable of accomplishing. So if you look at every situation and you're expecting excellence of yourself or you know that it is possible to do more and to be better – you're going to constantly be bettering yourself. And I think that this is a wonderful way to look at life. Like, don't look at your flaws and your weaknesses or what could go bad. Try to look at the things that could go well and put yourself in that frame of mind because you will inevitably be able to accomplish more. Uh, The last two, the two L's, are to live your purpose and to live a life with love and not fear. So these two really go hand in hand. Again, Expect excellence and live with love, not fear. Those two really go hand in hand as well because when we come from a fear-based mentality, we're thinking about the things that could go wrong. Maybe we're judging other people when they come to us and looking at their flaws and their weaknesses or as opposed to looking at their strengths. But when you're coming at things from a place of love and acceptance and gratitude and looking at what's good in life, you're actually able to flourish more to uh, better live your purpose and to be a better influence on the people around you. So when you take all four of those together, they really represent four different cornerstones of things to keep in mind to have a well-rounded perspective on mindset for living a successful life. It's funny, one of the things that you mentioned within the well method was demanding balance. And I see that all around me um, in, in workplaces. You know, people don't want to take on extra roles if it's going to now cause them to stay in the office later. I think that... I think that your time is coming at uh, what you're doing is coming at the very right time, because I think, as we alluded to before, people are seeing that what what is going on now, maybe with our generation, isn't working. And 
Yeah, we need absolutely. people like you to help figure out what is working. And uh, this thing, I know that, um, you know, I'm not a gender, I don't even know what generation I am, to be quite honest. Um, but when I was trying to grapple around the word purpose, you know, my first inclination was what I do with most of my life. You know, I'm a mother, I, I work in a clinic, but um, I, I think you're expanding this role and this definition of purpose to, to take in meaningful things. And I think that that's important for people. And um, when we get back for our break, from our break, I, w- I want to talk to you about if you're focusing on health issues, how you incorporate um, healthier lifestyle, food, uh, exercise, if that's part of your plan. So when we get back from our break, uh, we will continue this fascinating discussion. Contact us and be a part of the show. Please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Jaya Jaya Myra, and we are talking about the role of purpose in our health, and it's it's quite quite interesting. I find that uh, the more I the more I go in the health journey, the more I feel that this is such an uh, an intimate intertwining uh, purpose and health. And uh, Myra, what do you consider to be wellness or good health? To me, wellness really is having a healthy mind, healthy emotions, a healthy body, and a healthy spiritual connection with. 
whatever God you worship. I don't think it matters on like what religion you follow or what particular belief structure, but you have to have a healthy relationship with whatever you believe that that higher power is. I think that that really helps you to tap into your purpose and believe in yourself and expect excellence from yourself. Honestly, I would say like that that's foundational to your wellness journey right there. It's like how you relate to your spiritual side helps to dictate your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Is that because on the spiritual side, you're sort of giving over to that a little bit? I think because on the spiritual side, it's because we believe that God is capable of doing any and everything. And when we're connected with that energy and we feel that that grace is coming into our lives, it releases obstacles. Like we no longer focus on the obstacles and people really begin to believe that they are capable of accomplishing the things that they want to do and are able to do, even if they don't realize that they're able to do it yet. It enables you to keep pushing forward and to constantly be a better version of yourself. And I think, excuse me, and I think just from a personal standpoint, giving up to a higher power is a pressure release as well. Um, it's not just about mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're working with, you, you have a faith and a higher belief. I know when I was going through my illness, where I found I made, at least mentally, the turning point was when I said, you know what, I'll do whatever you need me to do. It's in your hands. And I think uh, for me, I don't know if you've come across this, not having the onus of everything that's going on on my shoulders and giving up to a higher power was a key piece in in my healing journey when I was sick. I, I don't know if that's similar to what you're um, talking about, but for me, that was uh, very powerful. Yeah, I would say that that is definitely similar. Like The way that I conceptualized it in my healing journey was a little bit different, but I, I think that that's just because, uh, yeah, I grew up as a Christian, and then I, I later started studying Eastern philosophy and Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, which really relies on this idea that God is a part of us. I mean, as does the Bible, of course, but it really, really tunes into this in the Eastern spiritualities, that there is no separation between yourself and God, and God is a part of you. So when you let that higher power into your life, it's like you're allowing yourself to connect to this web of consciousness that controls everything in the entire universe. So it opens up this unlimited possibility. And yeah, it takes a ton of stress off of your shoulders to not think that you have to figure it out on your own, you know, to realize that you're connected to the source fabric consciousness that is love itself that is there to support you. And that is so instrumental for so many people because we have loved ones in our life, but it doesn't mean that they can necessarily make us better or make us feel better. But when you connect to that consciousness itself or to the God that you believe in, it it takes away so much worry and stress. And that in itself can help to raise your immune system and facilitate better health outcomes. I I totally agree. Um, And I think it's still a huge block for a lot of people. When you... I know when I'm sitting in clinic and I'm talking to somebody who's ill, who has cancer, I'm careful sometimes if I bring spirituality into the picture because I think that that's still not here in the Western world as accepted as a component of health. And I think it's very important that it's such a key piece in what you're doing. I really do. Um, and I think uh, it was really what brought me to to ask to have you on the show, because I think that this is a huge, huge piece of health that people really need to understand. Now, uh, when you're talking, when you're talking about wellness and health and mindfulness and who would come to see you? You know, it, it really depends. It's, I have worked with people who are going through their own healing journeys, who are debilitated from chronic illness. Um, I've worked with a lot of executives and CEOs who really want to level up in their career and help to deal better with stress. It's usually not people anywhere in between. It's people who are either highly driven to be more successful or people who have found that they have run out of alternatives and need to turn to something different like I did myself. And I, I, 
I find that interesting because this philosophy can it can really help everyone, especially with what you were saying about the connections between spirituality and health and wellness. Like one of the things that I discovered about a person's sense of purpose when I was like diving into Ayurveda and Chinese medicine and Eastern philosophy was that Ayurveda itself doesn't necessarily talk about the role of purpose and health and spirituality doesn't necessarily talk about like the Ayurvedic aspects. But when you really combine the two together because they came from the same source, it became like really clear to me that we all have a sense of purpose, right? We were all born to do something, to live a specific kind of life and be able to make a difference in the world. So when you look at it from that perspective, like if you have that strong of a faith in God and your reason for being here, then you can look at it that your purpose is actually what determines your gifts, your weaknesses, your strengths, your temperament, even your physical body structure that you were given, because all of these things are are interconnected. Like I can look at someone's physical body structure and tell them, uh, like what their strengths and their talents are just based on their physical appearance. So it's like you can see the spirituality and like the love of God encoded directly into your body. So we definitely all have this capacity to get well and to be well if we want to. And I think that this message is so powerfully in support of that. And I'm honestly surprised that I don't hear other well-known people talking about this aspect or this intrinsic connection between your purpose, your constitution type, and the specific things that you need to do to stay healthy. To me, I mean, that is absolutely mind-blowing, and it's such a critical piece of staying well. I think it reverts back to the, we don't have a spiritual, I shouldn't say we don't have, uh, I got to be careful with what I say. The Western world, there are pieces of it that aren't truly as spiritual as we need to be to make that connection. And I think people are afraid of talking about that. You know, they're afraid. I agree. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> and when you're dealing with purpose and you're talking to people, I don't know how long you have your, your clients with you um, or, or the people you're working with. I'm not sure how you, how you uh, address them. But do you find that being open and introducing them to this spirituality, that purpose is a dynamic thing? Yeah, absolutely. And like teaching them about their own elemental composition. So like Chinese medicine talks about the five elements. Ayurveda talks about three doshas. But if you dive into it further, like on a practitioner level, it all boils down to the five elements. So I use this five element system because it's a great way of not only diving into the specific things that you need to do to keep yourself healthy, but it also helps you to understand your temperament, your psychology, your strengths, your weaknesses, everything that makes you unique as an individual. Now, connect that directly with your spiritual side and your sense of purpose. You can really hone in on the things that you are given that you are able to do that's outside of what you do when you go to work or the fact uh, that you are a parent or a grandparent or whatever it may be that a lot of people will experience in their lives. Like We've all got these very, very specific talents and gifts that are unique to us. And when we start to utilize those things, I think is when we flourish as individuals and our health becomes stronger because you're really aligning your emotional health, your purpose, your spiritual side, your mental well-being. And when those are all working synergistically, you will find yourself with having better health outcomes. And no you, matter where you are in your healing journey. And I agree. And you did allude to the fact that there is scientific um, evidence about the immune system being strengthened when the stress is less. And, and it, it is all rolled up. And I still think in the Western world, we very much want to focus on research and we want proof. And I think that that may be part of the blockage why well-known people aren't speaking about this, because maybe there is not enough evidence-based for them. But I do think that uh, it, with, with people like you and the research coming forward and the fact that, that people in general are finding that they're not healing the way they, they want to be in the medical aspect, they are reaching for something else and they are finding success with it. Now, do you find that you have to be consistent with doing this and consistent with putting your mind in the right place? Or is it a period yeah. of time the illness is done and you move on? No, I think you have to be consistent. 
consistency is actually uh, something that is foundational to mindfulness and meditation because it's the consistency in doing new things that helps to rewire the neural connections in the brain and helps to overwrite uh, the old conditioning or experiences that have happened. So the more that you're able to be consistent with something and to think in a different frame of mind, that becomes your new normal. And so you just keep moving forward from there. If you're not consistent, you're never going to be able to to rewire your brain and to actually change your behaviors or your thought patterns that are keeping you where you're at right now. And and there, too, is a whole other aspect, the, the mental health and brain health. We, we don't just stop making these connections. We've, it's been shown now, you know, back in the day, you know, your brain was your brain. But we know now that there's neoplasticity and you can make these connections and they are beneficial to you. And, you know, I, I think and, you know, I may be stepping out a little bit too far on the limb to grab the fruit, but I think that where your head goes Everything else follows. I am a firm believer in that. And I don't know if, I'm sure you've seen it, that symptomology improves. I, you're not dealing, you specifically aren't dealing with overweight or, or a specific disease. You're working with the whole body. And then I'm, I'm assuming that the symptomology improves as you are improving the mindset and the purpose of people. Well, this is exactly what we see. Now we have scientific evidence Uh, that's been reported from the American Psychological Association, uh, the New York Times, numerous studies in the National Library of Medicine and PubMed, like something as simple as our negative emotions or when we're feeling angry or stressed out, this stuff is going to increase stress. It's going to increase cortisol. It's going to decrease immune response. It can kill the flora in your gut. All these horrible things which have direct connections to what's going on with your mental and your emotional health And, of course, even your physical health, because if you have a weakened immune system, you're going to be more prone to getting sick. Conversely, if you're able to focus your energy on feeling happy and purposeful and positive, there has been so many positive outcomes from that. You can actually boost your immune system. You can help to balance your hormones. You can decrease those stress and cortisol levels. You can get a better night's sleep. And the health outcomes that have been observed from this are amazing. And I mean, it's not just coincidence like that science is now picking up on this as well. They may not know exactly the root of how all the stuff works, but the evidence and the outcomes are there to show. You rewire your mind, you think more positively, you're able to do things that make you feel fulfilled on a regular basis. You are going to be a healthier individual. I agree. I just, I just seem, I mean, on any basis for this, just what I've observed, we're ready to, to believe in the negative part. It's just we don't want to grasp yeah. the positive part of that. You know, we mm-hmm. understand that the flora, we understand the science, we understand that the immune system is hit. Why are we blocked from saying, well, then conversely, if you practice positive self-awareness, you can go the other way in your health. Do you find that in your practice as well? I do, and it's because people still are not ready to make the leap to understand that your experiences and your emotions and your feelings do have a direct impact on your physical body. People want to think that the physical is physical and you deal with it with physical things. They don't want to think that uh, everything in matter is uh, different states of existence and energy and our physical body is just the most tangible concrete manifestation of that it's actually like a a spectrum of energy and when people can start to grasp that thoughts are just as real as the blood flowing through your body i think that that's like when you can like really get in and make a difference to people because they don't think that their thoughts or emotions are tangible and really make a difference yeah, you know, I could talk to you about this for so long because I just, I, I just find it so fascinating and such a key piece to health. I, I really do. Are, are you working on anything new? Are you bringing anything more to the table? Are you have projects or anything that you're working on that you can share with us? Uh, yes, I am currently working on my second book, which will be on the well method. And I'm also going to talk about my own healing journey in that book. And exactly what I did at every step of the way and the order that I took to get better. So it's not only looking at the theory behind this, it's looking at how this theory played out in day-to-day life. So 
let's look at my background as a scientist as an example. When you go to school and you learn science, what you actually do on a day-to-day basis is so different than that theory that you learned in class. And I think it's like that with a lot of careers. So -hmm. that's the way that this book is going to be. It's going to talk about the theory, but it's also going to look at it in day-to-day application. And I think that that's what's going to really set this book apart from everything else that's on the market right now. When can we expect the book out? Uh, That is still to be determined, but I am hoping sometime early 2020. Please do let us know because I think it's I think what you're doing is is really vital and I think it's going to become more and more accepted and um, and with people like you I mean you've done a TED talk recently how did how did that go The TED talk was amazing yeah. uh, I feel very grateful to have been given the opportunity to do that uh, TED as an organization still is not very keen on the alternative stuff um, and that you know that is reflected. Like, because they flag certain talks, even there was actually a doctor that gave a talk the same day that I gave my talk on the same topic about purpose facilitating better health. And it's, it's still by Ted not seen as valid science, which just shows you that societally, we have a long way to go. Uh, But it was still a wonderful opportunity. And it's such a great platform to use to get out to people all around the world with a positive message. Well, I mean, just you saying that, it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is that people are not, some people are just not ready to make that leap. But I think with your message and you pushing and you pushing and you get people behind you who believe, I think that soon enough that people will be starting to understand that, you know, maybe this is the missing piece to their overall health. Now, can you give tips for people um, maybe to start on this journey, to start finding purpose? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a part of it is really working on the mindset every day. Uh, So something that's not intuitive to people is to wake up before sunrise every day. When you wake up before the sun comes up, you're going to find yourself in a completely different mental state than on the days that you wake up after the sun rises. And it's kind of because like we're so wired into the rhythms of the earth If you're actually able to greet the sun when it comes up, you're going to feel more ready and prepared for your day than if you wake up later. Another thing that's very easy for people to do to start improving their mindset and their mood is to bring foods into your diet that are actually going to affect the neurotransmitters and increase dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine, basically all those things that make you feel happy and relaxed. There, there's so many different foods out there that are healthy and taste good that you can add to your diet that are actually going to literally have a direct impact on your mood. So I would say just very simple things like that, that's going to help the brain to start rewiring those neural connections on its own and make the rest of the journey more easy as you're diving into what your purpose is. Can you just give us a couple of examples of the food you might be talking about? Well, I love turmeric. Turmeric is a great example of an anti-inflammatory food. We know that anti-inflammatory foods can directly boost your mood uh, and and make you less prone to sadness and depression. Uh, chocolate is another great example. I tend to use cacao powder because it's very pure. It doesn't have the sugars added to it. I literally have cacao every single day. Um, even something as simple as radishes. Radishes can help increased dopamine in the body, tryptophan containing foods like turkey and hummus, those things contribute to serotonin production. So just adding in very simple things like that can really help elevate your mood, your mindset and your overall well-being. Yeah, people don't want to go on for this topic. People with nutrition think it's complicated and it's just adding simple whole foods. Now, can you give us your website, share with us where we can find you, where people might want to contact you? It'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Everything online for me is at Jaya Jaya Myra. So any social media page, you can find me at Jaya Jaya Myra. And my website is jayajayamyra.com. Thank you very much. Your book is called Vibrational Healing, Attain Balance and Wholeness, Understand Your Energetic Type. It is, as I said, written in 10 language, or t- not written in 10 language, but translated in 10 language. And uh Take a read. It's fascinating. And Myra, thank you so much for being with us. Your message is so, so important. And I, and I really am very appreciative for you taking the time to be with us today.
Yeah, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi here on Radio Maria Canada.